Welcome to the Hunt, Fish, Conserve podcast with Sydney Dahl and Ethan Evans. I'm taking over today because Tyler's not here. We kind of left him out of this one and I thoroughly apologize, but we are going to talk about our recent trip to Utah. So we're just going to kind of have an open conversation with our good buddies, Dana and Trevor. Trevor has been on the podcast before. Basically, I should just be another host on here because I feel like I'm already doing better than Ethan usually does. At a woman's touch. Yep. Cracking open a cold one with the boys. <laughs> oh, that was too good. Okay. Um, well, anyway, we're going to try to keep this one short, too, because I've been telling Ethan that his podcasts are getting too long um, because the general public only wants to listen to about 30 to 40 minutes of a podcast, in my opinion. So uh, we're going to start out with talking just kind of where we went and just a brief go over of the itinerary. Um, before we talk about how we traveled for cheap. So as most of you know from our previous podcast, Ethan and I like to travel cheap and we like to prioritize travel in our lives. So we did end up going to Utah for two weeks after we graduated from college. Um, so we kind of did. We wanted to hit the big five national parks in Utah. So we went through Colorado. We did seven national parks. So we did Great Sand Dunes, Mesa Verde, the Grand Canyon, Zion. Bryce Canyon, Capitol Reef, Canyonlands, and Arches. Um, and then Dana and Trevor actually met us in Utah the last few days of our trip, which was super fun. Um, so let's kind of jump into how we traveled and just cheap travel. And I know Dana and Trevor also support the idea of cheap travel. So Ethan, do you want to kind of talk about what we did first? Yeah, I can talk about what we did. Uh, we camped as much as we can. I mean, like anywhere we could. And we did stay in like designated spots. We actually didn't dispersed camping. Yeah, dispersed camping. But I mean, we actually kinda... no, we did one night. Oh, we did do that at one. Lone Rock Beach. That in was pretty Utah. cool. Yeah. Is that where you guys had like sand sandwiches? Yeah. Yeah. Night? We had a sandstorm hit us. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. But that was a good experience. So I think definitely like reducing your overhead or your cost by not staying in a hotel is nice. Yeah. So we usually just find either just campgrounds around the national parks or we camp in the national parks. So we camped like in the grand Canyon. Um, What's the, the average cost? Like what? 30 bucks a night. 30 bucks a night is pretty average. We did stay in a couple Airbnbs on the way out there and on the way home. Um, but otherwise the whole two weeks we were there, we camped. Which we like doing when you're traveling. I mean, when you're traveling, the last thing you want to do is like be in a car 12 hours and have to set up. And then the second thing we usually do is we bring our own food and then we go to grocery stores there and cook our own food. Um, Dana and Trevor can kind of talk about this. So what do you guys do for food on the road? So basically, I just lived off of tuna. Like they make little tuna packets. They're only a dollar, so they're not that expensive. Um, the two brands are Starkist and Bumblebee. Bumblebee is way better, by the way, because it comes with a spoon, disposable spoon. Um, and then we did a lot of Chex Mix and like, um, mixed nuts. We did granola bars and also with Sydney, like when we went to the grocery store and just grabbed a couple things here and there, um, to get us by, but Dana would. Yeah. Groceries were really nice to just be able to stop at a grocery store and we picked up like a loaf of bread and lunch meat and a dressing of some kind. And we could make those, um, on the road with us to have like lunch prepared or supper prepared. Without needing to like get to either our hotel or a campsite and worry about then making like a homemade meal. We had stuff with us. So obviously that cuts down the cost too. And 
Dana also changed my mind a little bit. So I would have rather just bought like a huge, like 48 pack of water. But what Dana made us do was like grab, I think we only used like two or three water bottles throughout the whole trip. Four. I threw one away. Four because I refilled them every day. Yeah, she did. And we would use those and constantly reuse them, which, uh, you know, just saved a few bucks here and there. Also, a few bucks, but like also then we weren't wasting water bottles every single day. That's true. Good for the environment. I mean, like, so like you guys kind of take it like to the extreme though, like saving money though. I mean, like you weren't sick of tuna. I mean, like when you guys take it. I mean, like when you guys, (laughs) when they say they ate just that, I mean, you guys literally just ate what they talked about. I want to say in a week, probably between the two of us had like 24 tuna packets. I want to say. I think I had 12. So yeah. Oh my gosh. So we don't take it that far. We do like buy loaf of bread and we do sandwiches on the road. Um, but otherwise we try to do kind of bougie meals when we camp. So like with you guys, we made pizza on the fire. We just did burgers and hot dogs one night. Um, we make quesadillas a lot cause that's easy, but we always bring our camp stove and the jet boil. Um, so I really like to do oatmeal and pasta and all that kind of stuff, which is all super cheap. So um, yeah, our biggest hack, <laughs> PB&Js too. Um, and then for hiking, so Ethan and I actually totaled 77 miles in the two weeks. And we don't tend to bring like meals on our hikes. We just bring a lot of salty snacks like granola bars, nuts, beef jerky, and then maybe a sandwich. Um, so that keeps it cheap too, because when you're out hiking, you're not necessarily wanting a full meal. Um, so then we'd come back to our campsite and chow. But I'd say the biggest cut in price for trips is the food because we're not eating out every single night yeah i would definitely agree especially to bringing good like filling snacks while you hike but also not like something big like packing a whole sandwich because then you need a bigger bag and your bag gets heavier than obviously when you're hiking but if you can get like quick good filling meals that you can have while on the hike and you can stop somewhere on the rock we did that a bunch We just decided we were like, okay, next mile, we're going to stop and we'll have lunch here. And it's something you can pull out quick and eat it there and then keep going on your trip. And you don't have to have like a insulated backpack or anything. You can have something quick and on the go. Not only is it like cheap and easy, but I don't know about you guys. We ate out once, I want to say at a restaurant. it was with us. Sat down, yeah. (laughs) And I personally thought it was more enjoyable and like rewarding to cook all of us together like... Ethan was chefing it up with the onions. Sydney was mixing her things up and to sit down and have like a meal together uh, that we made ourselves. I thought it was a lot more enjoyable and rewarding than the one time we sat down and ate. I agree with that. We actually one of the first nights we were camping on the trip, um, we brought some chicken breasts that needed to be used and we made bomb fajitas and like a stir fry and then like amongst other things. So. It's really fun to like sit down and cook together in the wilderness um, for one, but also just, I don't know, it's way better than eating out. Yeah. And like, you know, one thing that we had that Dana Trevor didn't was we each had like a little like $40 stove with a little like a gas stove. And that's what we used a lot to cook on. Definitely helpful. I don't know. Do you guys wish you guys would have had one of those, like change it up once in a while? Maybe if we knew we weren't coming with you. Yes, for sure. But like knowing that when we met up with you, camping and you guys were going to have utensils from camping your whole trip 
that was nice knowing that we didn't have to buy anything ahead of time or make sure that we had those items because you guys have been doing that for already a week when we got there. So I really liked, um, you know, cause I have to have coffee, Ethan and I every morning and Ethan, what was that thing called? And like, how much was it? Where'd you find it? Cause I thought it was awesome. That jet boil, which is like primarily used for like backpacking. So like if you had like a freeze dried meal, you would definitely like use something like that, to like warm up water, boil it. But I bought a little uh, coffee press for it so that you can actually make like coffee with grounds where like, I don't know if anybody's ever used them. Um, I've heard about it. I haven't really had this experience, but like if you have instant coffee, like you're just talking about really, really bad runs because of it. So like using that little coffee press and like actually like filtering your coffee and it's like good coffee too. So it's like kind of something like nice to look forward to in the morning and cool. Um, well, besides food and camping, I think the last kind of thing that we do um, to make our travels cheap is, well, okay, maybe two other things. One, we buy the national park pass. So um, we went to seven national parks on this trip and um, we paid $80 for the park pass and it's usually 30 or $35 to get into each park. So literally after visiting three parks, we've already made our money back. But yeah, so that was a big money saver, especially on this trip. It maybe wouldn't be every year if we're not going to more than three national parks. Um, and then the last thing is we don't really do excursions, really. Um, like we were hiking the entire time. I don't think we did anything like we didn't go to a museum. We didn't, you know, go to a concert or I don't know what you do. Skydive. I don't know. Right. Well, in downtown Moab was really cute and really touristy. And we went downtown one afternoon, evening. But that was still nice that that was like our little time to see the touristy downtown. But that wasn't like a time to go like bar hopping and store hopping and spending a bunch of money at all of them. Like me and Trevor both got a T-shirt each. Sid got a $10 ring. Like that was our expenses for that whole like downtown excursion. So just knowing that, well, one, we weren't going to eat out a bunch to downtown, but then we spent those couple hours downtown and we didn't spend a whole bunch of money there doing the touristy things and going from shop to shop, buying something at every place. And this doesn't have to be a lengthy topic, but like we can kind of like touch on gear that we used. So like we, you know, I had hiking boots on, which was definitely a big plus. I mean, Dan and Trevor talk about your experience with footwear. So especially on one of the hikes, which we may get into later uh, that we got kind of lost in the boots would have been amazing because we have a couple videos of us taking our socks off. And I think we had about like our sock was full of like sand, half a cup of sand. Yeah. So that got really uncomfortable after about, I don't know, the hike took what, like Six hours. Six hours, and by two and a half, three hours, we'd have to make a pit stop and take our shoes and socks off, and, you know, then your feet are sweaty. It was, that was the one big thing that I wish we would have had. That kind of keeps the trip cheap, too, in a sense, like, all the gear we used. I know you guys wish you had hiking boots, but really all we used in the desert was, um... Hiking boots, trekking poles, a backpack, a water bladder, and a hat. Like, that's all you really needed. Um, And we had a blast. So, like, traveling cheap doesn't mean not doing things you like to do. Traveling cheap just means being resourceful and only taking what you need and just finding other activities besides the expensive ones, I guess. 
anything outdoors is cheap usually unless it's like a hobby of some sort like fishing or yeah did you guys think your water bladder packs work good they for the most part yeah ours were both two liters each um and for most of the hikes they worked out fine uh the one that we'll talk about later the one we got lost on two liters should have been probably like half the hike and we shouldn't have like used it sparsely so that it got us across the whole hike but (laughs) for the most part it was fine like knowing how long of our hikes were gonna be and you keep mentioning something that you're going to talk about later so i say we just move on and kind of talk about the fiascos of the trip so ethan and i had like three or four bad things happen on this trip it's just normal i call it the doll curse it follows me everywhere well that's part of traveling yeah part of traveling and road tripping especially as things go wrong you guys were there for a lot longer too which gives there more room to have air i think i need to tell the stories because i'm more dramatic you were more traumatized yeah so the three things first we get about two hours from home on the first day and uh, my car starts making weird noises uh, when you let off the accelerator. I told Ethan to pull over. He wouldn't. Finally, he did. We called all the body shops in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. And finally, we got into a Chevy dealer, which I didn't want to do because they're so expensive. Turns out my tire was damn near falling off. Long story short, I had my car fixed a couple weeks prior and I hadn't driven it because I was in the midst of graduation and my parents just had my car. Um, And turns out the guy who fixed my car did not tighten the lug nuts. So as we were driving down the road at 82 miles an hour on the interstate, my tire was about to fly off. But uh, we went to a dealer, Chevy dealer in, I can't even remember the town, um, but shout out Dexter, Dexter, Iowa. Shout out to the Chevy dealer there. Um, They didn't charge us anything and they just handed us our keys and said we were on on the back on the road. Yeah, but like. Go back to that. Like you didn't think it was that like you kind of thought it was gonna be a big fix. I thought it was going to be a huge fix. I was completely planning on rerouting the entire itinerary, skipping Colorado and driving straight to the Grand Canyon um, because I was thinking we were going to have to wait for a part to be mailed in overnight and just, I don't know, my car, Ed, man, he seems to go through a lot. But he's been a lot of places. He has. He's been all over with us. Um, second fiasco is we had a sandstorm. So we were staying in Lake Powell, Utah on a beach and the red flag goes up high winds and we still had to set up our tent and we're thinking we can wait it out. But, um, we just decided to set it up. We ended up with like five pounds of sand in our tent. Ethan was not happy because I'm kind of like, let's wait it out. And he goes, a hotel is looking pretty good right now, isn't it? And I'm like, no, we're camping. Yeah, we had sand all up in all kinds of places. Including our food. Including our food. We were trying to cook. We were trying to cook dinner. So we had some gritty mashed potatoes. I can attest to that because the same utensils that they used, we used at the campsite. (laughs) And I remember drinking coffee. And instead of creamer, I tasted a little bit of sand in my car. (laughs) Yeah, it's still all over my car. Like, I can't get it out. Um, So that was fiasco number two, but we survived. Fiasco number three, Ethan got a little sick on the trip. He had a cold, a common cold, and then he gave it to all of us. So luckily it was... Except Dana. Except Dana. Not Dana. (laughs) But yeah, so Trevor and I also got sick, which was fine. Shout out all our natural products. Yep. (laughs) Dana. Um, (laughs) She's a warrior over here with her natural essence okay so that's fiasco three fiasco four 
I think was the craziest one and got us the most pissed off. It was Memorial Day weekend. If you guys remember the people listening, I am a wedding photographer. And part of the reason we went to Utah is because um, I actually had an engagement session out there in Canyonlands National Park. And so we went out there for the shoot and I'm thinking we've been camping for however many days. Like I look like trash. I need to stay in a hotel and look good for my clients and whatever. And turns out our hotel reservation did not go through. I had the printed out confirmation, handed it to the guy and he goes, I'm so sorry, but we don't have your reservation. I booked through a third party booking site like booking.com, but it was called stay for long. So this is a PSA stay for is a scam site. Um, basically they take your money and then they never actually put the reservation through. Yeah. We showed up to this hotel exhausted. It was like 11 PM after driving from, uh, Bryce Canyon to Moab and they didn't have our reservation and it was Memorial weekend. We could not find a place to stay. So Ethan's getting mad cause he's sick and just wants to sleep. I'm getting mad because I'm like, where are we going to stay tonight? And this is at like 10 PM. Yeah. This is like 10, 11 PM in Moab, in the desert, like I'm just ready for bed. And yeah, we ended up calling like 30 hotels. No place had a place open for us. Um, so we started looking further away and we found a place about an hour and a half away, um, who just had a cancellation. So we did find a place to stay, but it was, we didn't get to bed until like 1am. Which ended up being closer to where we were staying. Yeah. The few days before. Yep. But then we just had to turn around and drive back to Moab the next day, which sucked. But, um, yeah. So just those third party booking sites, sometimes I think it's just worth it to book directly on the hotel website and not mess with any of that. Uh, but yeah, so that was the final fiasco. Just no place to stay Memorial weekend in Moab. And uh, okay, so for Dana and I's fiasco, Sid and Ethan actually don't know this first one. So when we were driving, um, I want to say what we start driving one o'clock and we forgot about the time change. So it was told us we'd get there. What? Twelve. At midnight. Well, technically in Colorado, correct? It was one o'clock. So that was our number one mistake. And we were like, oh, maybe the hotel won't let us in. We get to the hotel and we're tired. It's one in the morning. We've been driving for a long time and we go to the desk and the guy comes in and asks us, so are you guys here for reservation? Kind of was rude. Um, and we Dana pulls up the thing, states her name. Yeah, we don't have you guys. What? You two? <laughs> Dana and I, I'm not going to blame her. It was both of us collectively booked for the night after. So we could have <laughs> stayed there the next day. He said, you guys can check in at 11 a.m. tomorrow and it's 1 a.m. We were like, no, thanks. <laughs> So I was pretty like, Dana was kind of, I'm not going to lie. I was the calm, cool and collected one. Dana was kind of like freaking out. She's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we're not going to have a place to stay. We're going to sleep in the car. And I was like, well, we better start looking. So at one in the morning, we are in the parking lot of this hotel. Dana looks at one place and it's literally 500 feet away. Calls them. They have a room for us. So, and it was cheap too, thankfully. Um, we ended up staying there and avoiding a, what could have been a horrible fiasco, but just a minor little hiccup in our trip. Granted, I didn't get my money back, 
from the one that we booked wrong. So then I had to buy another one. So we like paid for two nights, even though we only stayed there one night, but we got to stay somewhere. That's, so. that's why you guys are so cheap. The rest <laughs> of the trip, that's why we were so tri- cheap because I messed up. Advice for people when they have that like 10 to $15, get your money back. Yeah, it was only $5. You know, Dana was kind of like, well, let's not do that. We don't need to waste the $5. Yes. We could use that instrumentally. So wait, so why don't you tell us this? Are you guys embarrassed? A little bit <laughs> at first. Percent. Because, you know, Sid and Ethan travel all the time. And what do you know? Lo and behold, Dana and Trevor go books the wrong first. day. And book the wrong day. We actually don't know why we got the wrong day. I don't know. I zoomed in for my last day of class while we were driving. And I don't know if when we were booking, we originally thought that I was going to go to class. So we wouldn't get there till that next day. But then I decided to skip it and that we like didn't think of that while we were making our hotel plans. We don't know where we messed up, but second fiasco, we get to the next hotel and we're like, please have the right booking date. Trevor looked at his phone and the, his um, confirmation number was correct it's for the right day, whatever. And then I look at our itinerary and it is for the right day but we also need one more day there. So it was for the right check-in day, but it wasn't for the right checkout day. So then we also had to change that one and get the right checkout day. So the two hotels that we did, two out of the three hotels that we stayed in, we messed up both of them. Yeah, I was going to say we got really lucky on both of them because the second one, she's just like, okay, that's fine. Just I handed her my card and she extended our stay. Um, But the... I want to say third fiasco then if we're going to count those as one and two. Wait, hold up. But you have to acknowledge that it was smooth sailing camping with us. Yeah, I will. I will admit that. Yep. There was no problems. And we even got to chill in a pool for a little bit and drink beer. So it was super sweet. Um, The third one was when we went. I don't know which hike it was. It would have been number two or number three. We had talked to like a park ranger. Yeah, the park ranger. And she's like, if you go four miles in, that's a good view. But if you go five miles in, that's a really good view. So we're like, okay, we'll do the extra mile. And on the map she gave us, it only showed to the four mile. Like, So we get to the four miles or whatever. And we're like, all right, let's go to the fifth. Number one, we went the completely wrong direction. We spent about, I don't know how many miles, mile and a half, maybe. And then we turned around like there was no trail. Um, Then we go back. We get to the four mile spot that we were originally at. We find some people who seem trustworthy. And start heading another direction. That was probably also an error. Very wrong. Probably we were seven and a half miles in to this hike. And we still got to turn around. And I'm like. Dana, this view isn't worth it. I'm like, we are lost. Like, this thing keeps going on and on and on. And honestly, we didn't know what we were supposed to look for. We were, like, at this other mile. Like, I don't know what the view was. So that probably should have been a clue, too, that, like, were we supposed to look up? Or were we supposed to look down? Or were we going to end up on top of the canyon or in that We didn't know. <laughs> I remember them saying there was, like, either a natural spring or, like, a waterfall or something there. A waterfall in the desert. In the desert. That's yeah. where we also probably... Yeah, I know. <laughs> So basically we get, we walk all the way back and we have four, four and a half miles left. My water is gone and 
and it's getting hot. Like it's getting to like two, two thirty in the afternoon. And I'm like, holy smokes. I'm like, well, Dana probably doesn't drink as much. I'm like, we're going to have enough water with her. And I feel like my backpack is heavy. So I was like, don't worry. She pulled her bag out and I swear eight ounce glass. You couldn't even, it wouldn't it even like fill the eight ounce glass. Two gulps. So that was our other fiasco. We died on the last four miles because I was out and all we had were Dana's two gulps of water. And then we also had those little glucose packets, which was basically just carbs and sugar mixed into a juice. So we ended up, I don't know, spending, how long did that four miles take? Two hours and no water. That was, that was tough. That was the hardest part of the trip. Was that your guys' first hike or no? I think it was the second. So we so we all kind of had some fiascos and things go wrong. But the moral of the story is that it all works out in the end. I want to say, too, that the fiascos are kind of what makes the trip the trip. like And how you handle them. Yeah. Like it was, of course, Ethan was really pissed when he's coughing and sneezing. And I do not want to underestimate the coughing and sneezing <laughs> where he was pretty sick. But it was not COVID now. Yes, not COVID. But it's f- like funny to sit here uh, relaxing with all of them talking about it. So although they may sound frustrating and stupid while you guys are listening to it, I think that is what made the trip as fun as it was. Yeah, I think it's some of like the fun stuff to look back on. But how about like I know you guys didn't hike as, quite as much as we did. Were you guys kind of tired of hiking at the end or no? Like, I remember the last day, Dana's like, oh, man, let's do another hike. And, like, everybody else is dead. Or We were hike. dead after two weeks of straight hiking. It was, like, in the desert. I don't know if we said this at the beginning, but so we went May 19th through the first week of June. So not quite middle of summer. Like, it's not the middle of summer. It was just beginning to be hot. Like, our last few days were, like, 90, 95 degrees, and we were dying. So I can't imagine it in July. Even in those milder temps, the 85, 80 degree, we were so dead after hiking. I would say after about a week of hiking, you know, your body did kind of start to take a toll, like the hikes did on your body, because... Ethan and I got a couple blisters. Um, I'd want to say my back kind of a little bit from the hikes. And I also want to say, you know, we went kind of cheap, but next time I wouldn't as much on the food because when I weighed myself after only a week, <laughs> I lost 10 pounds what? from oh doing that trip. Sorry. Yeah. So I hiking is no joke. I want to say on my watch. Um, which whether you want to say it's accurate or not, um, it was putting like 1500 to 1600 calories a day. So it's something that, and you were only eating tuna. Yeah. Which isn't very high in calories. So, you know, I don't know. Dana's looking here on her watch to check the amount of calories and stuff. I would say my body was like tired every day after like that night, I remember we would get back to our hotel and we were like, it was 5 p.m. And we were like, is it time for bed yet? Like that was each day I was really tired. But I think since we were only there for a week, I was anxious then again the next morning, ready to go. Not a bad anxious and excited anxious, ready to see the new place that we were going to go, the new place that we were going to hike. Because everywhere that you went was so different. Yeah. So I have right here on May 29th, 
uh, just in that walk that Dan and I got lost in. Um, my active calories was 1,314 and my total was 1,810. So like you're burning quite a bit. And I guess it's one of those things where I just want to say Dan and I are pretty active and stuff. It is hard. Like, you know, you just think you're walking, but it is a lot harder than you think. Yeah, it's pretty humble when like that 60 year old guy and grandma and grandpa come right and running right by you. Yeah, they aren't even breaking a sweat. Yeah. And going back to being hot in the desert and being exhausted, I think one of the blessings of the desert, because, okay, we loved the trip, but Ethan and I are not summer people, so we were kind of melting in the desert. Um, But one of the blessings of hiking in the desert is you get started early, so then you kind of have all night to chill and hang with your friends and cook a good meal. So it was really refreshing to, you know, we woke up at 536 most days and then um, we'd be done hiking by 2, 3 p.m. And then we'd get back. We'd hang out for an hour, hour and a half. We'd start cooking dinner and then we'd go to bed at 830 or 9. So um, I think definitely one of the blessings of hiking in the desert is starting early, beating the heat and then having that time in the afternoon. What about you guys? But when we were at that pool, we were drinking claws and in the pool after like a long day of hiking. Yeah, that was I'd hit the spot. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't beat some claws, but again, after like... Dana and Sydney wanted to keep hiking. Yeah, like honestly, I think Ethan and I would have too. We just would have needed a couple of claws for some liquid courage, but yeah, um, that was super, I want to say rewarding because the hike itself was hard and you get to see an amazing view. And then afterwards, when you're sitting in a pool, you get to like relax and chill with your friends. Okay, so... Talking about friends, um, something that made this trip special to us was meeting up with you guys because we've never been on a trip with friends. So we can kind of talk about coordinating that. Um, Really, Ethan and I were planning this trip and we kind of reached out to Dana and Trevor and we were like, hey, uh, you guys should come with us. But they didn't want to go for two weeks, obviously. And Ethan and I also kind of decided that two weeks is a long time. Um, Probably keep it to 11 days rather than 14. But yeah, just kind of how we coordinated it was we we reached out and they agreed. And then uh, I actually kind of just set the schedule and made sure that it worked for everyone. And then we booked the campsite and just split it by four people, put two tents in one campsite and split all kinds of food and stuff. So I would definitely recommend meeting up with friends, maybe not for the whole trip, but um, definitely for a few days. And it really helped that it was at the end for us, too, because we kind of traveled back together. Well, was something to like look forward to, like when we met up with them and stuff. But another thing with like, I think it was kind of nice that we actually didn't like ride out there together. I mean, it would have been a lot of fun, but like being able to like kind of adhere to like each other's schedule and like what each other likes, like as far as traveling, like how far to go. And it's just a lot more comfortable when we were just traveling kind of separately in some cases. And then we also like got to do what we each wanted to do. I kind of like that. So we each kind of like pick things that we wanted to do, but then we also came together. Yeah. So we actually had pretty opposite schedules. Like Ethan and I, our main goal was to see all the national parks and do a lot of hiking. And for you guys, it was kind of the same, but not necessarily see all the national parks. It was more so show up, be on vacation, hike, see what you need to see, and then move on from there. Um, So if you want to kind of talk about what you guys did necessarily leading up to when you met up with us. Yeah, you guys, I mean, definitely since you had your trip kind of planned and then you invited us, I asked Sid for her itinerary. Oh gosh, we FaceTimed, I think in like March 
about it and you were like i haven't booked things yet this is a very rough itinerary and then we facetimed a couple times when it got closer and said ended up just sharing her itinerary google doc with me and then i could see on the days that we were going to be there that last part of their trip that we were going to meet up with them where they were going to be and then we could plan our trip according so when we met up with them we could be moving closer to moab because that's where we would meet up with you guys but then we stayed in blending like i said earlier which was like an hour and 15 from Moab so we could see views that were a little bit different but we didn't have to drive four hours just to then meet up with them again just because the goal since we were going to be there so short wasn't to be driving for the extent of our trip um was to be kind of hang out where we were going to be for those three days drive meet up with them and then be there for those three days we didn't have to be driving all over Utah since we were going to be there for such a short time but no I mean like I feel like for a couple though I think this is like actually like not talked about it's like you want to talk about like kind of figuring out if you actually really like somebody like going on a trip is a good like determinator because like i mean i don't know about you guys but like i've never really spent like a whole two weeks with just sydney and it was like just sydney what are your thoughts post trip <laughs> i mean he spent like a week at a time he spent nine days at a time i mean hopefully we'll live together one day so i hope he's not sick of me but um it was definitely one of those things where people okay and here's a stigma that i hate people kind of think like oh all couples fight or like if you go on a trip like there's going to be some sort of uproar. Um, we did not fight once. It was more so, I mean, we're kind of like sassy with each other, but like we did not fight once over anything because we kind of gel together in a way that I'm the planner. I'm the one with the stick upper butt most of the time, like running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to keep things on schedule. And then he just goes with the flow to make me happy. So I think traveling as a couple is a huge relationship tester and uh you passed but we i mean we travel all the time so it's not any different but i mean because like i mean what we talked about before like with fiascos i mean that kind of like relate back to it. i mean on a marriage or like relationship you always have fiascos so like kind of seeing how like your significant other will like handle a situation like that really good as well yeah i want to say for dana and i's first trip that was one of the things we were kind of looking forward to is to see how we could do being together for a week um, nonstop. And especially with the fiasco, like with the hotel, we could have definitely, I could have definitely like reamed Dana because we booked it, but like she did it on her computer. So I could have reamed her that night and started the trip off horribly, but we didn't and we worked through it. And, but also learning like what, kind of is our like pep but you know learning uh kind of what they do outside of when you go on a date or when you hang out with the family for a night you know i thought that was a good little test to see what it would be like in the long run and it's cool to see that out of you guys because we're kind of past that point where now it's just like okay we're traveling what's gonna go wrong this time but then also like how is ethan gonna handle it or how am i gonna handle it some of our last points. So you guys have not been to many national parks. Um, and when we were with you guys, we went to Canyonlands and we went to Arches um, near Moab. And we did one one day, one the other. We also did Dead Horse Point State Park, which is not a national park. But I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on traveling to national parks. And if you would continue doing it, what you did not like and what you did like. I was a little nervous about it uh, fitting in. You know, you kind of try something new and you don't know if like 
you're going to look like an outcast. And that was totally not the case. There are some people. I wore a wife beater. He was looking like an outcast. Oh my. I don't know a look of what a hiker is supposed to look like. And there were all sorts of people. Okay. Some people weren't prepared. Like they were in like. That's what I mean. There are so many walks of life at a national park. Yeah. So I was kind of nervous about that. You know, me not doing anything, kind of borrowing stuff from Dana, Ethan and Sydney. I'm like, well, I don't know if. I am going to fit in and stuff like that. But that was the least of my worries once we got there. I mean, like, were you guys kind of shocked about how many people were at those places, though? I was going to say that, too. Um, One of the I thought it was that's good and bad. You know, like when you're walking on like a narrow point, it stinks. But other times it's really nice and reassuring to see the people coming down and saying, like, you know what? It sucks, but the view is worth it. Or like knowing you're going in the right direction. So. I have a few thoughts on that. Well, I love seeing people out and about and utilizing our public lands, um, but our national parks are being hit so hard right now. And usually Ethan, so Ethan and I try to travel on shoulder season. So like May, September, October, January, we try to travel during the times that a lot of people won't be um, in these popular areas because we don't necessarily love hanging around people. Um and I could not believe the people like we could not find parking spots where we were trying to go, especially in like arches and Canyonlands, Zion. Uh, we just walked everywhere, but the national parks are being hit so hard right now. So I think that it's probably good that you guys um, during that time so you can kind of see what a bad season looks like. Um, and then you can look forward to not having as busy of seasons in the future. But I think like what you guys did though too, like going around, going around blanding, like seeing the sites there where it isn't so many people like, and you guys still saw cool stuff. It just maybe wasn't as cool or like, and that's definitely like how you define that word. I feel like everybody just goes to the national parks because it's like the thing to do, but there's a lot of other cool places to see. Calling like, me out. It was a reservoir. Yeah, a little reservoir. Like that was pretty cool. And like nobody was there when we went there really. Like there wasn't that many people and it was a cool well, spot. Well, Bryce Canyon was empty too. Yeah, Bryce Canyon. It just depends on what national park you go to, what time of the day, what day of the week. Um, but we were at Canyonlands and Arches with Trevor and Dana during the week. We'd try to show up at by, you know, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. And we still waited in lines. We still had to wait for parking spots. But I mean, it was, I hope it was still a good experience for you guys. Yeah, it was definitely very fun. And like I've said earlier too, the blending was so much different than Moab. And non-national parks versus national parks were obviously so different. But I know um, one of our days in Blanding, we went to a national monument, Natural Bridges National Monument. So not a national park, but similar thing we had to pay. We would have had to pay, but they were still on a COVID rule. So they weren't making like charging people. But um, I would say that was busier, more like a national park. And that like at the at each site, so each natural bridge. There was a lot of cars taking pictures and whatever, but we hiked like down in the canyon under the natural bridges and then we eventually came out on top again. But there weren't like that many people down in the canyon at all, where I feel like in in national parks, everybody does like the whole hike to the view. There aren't like good park off spots really to take pictures. For the most part, you have to actually do the hike to get to the site, which is nice, but or definitely around blending, there was a lot more spots that you could just like pull up, drive here, take a picture, leave. But so that was nice that we could actually do the hike, go from underneath and we weren't really around people then either. But I mean, they were still busy parts, not necessarily as busy as national parks, but still busier. Which, 
Would you go back to Canyonlands or Arches National Parks that we went to together? Both. Yes, I would. Would Would you? Yeah, I would. So backstory, I actually made Dana and Trevor put on wedding attire so that I could take pictures of them in Canyonlands, um, which was not a main reason we went because Ethan and I were actually there the day before for my clients. So we had seen a lot of the park already and it's a smaller park. Um, but it was nice cause we were able to go to other parts of the park with Dana and Trevor. So they actually didn't get to see kind of the other half of the park that we went to the day before. So would highly recommend going. Um, and then arches, we actually only got to do a couple of the main sites because it was so busy and so hot. Um, we didn't want to hike further than the main delicate arch was like four miles or something. And, um, we just didn't have it in us to do another hike really. Um, so I would definitely like to go back to Arches to do, I just like, you know, another hike and see more of that park because we didn't get to spend much time there. And I feel like as a whole, like a couple could go back or a group of friends, whatever, could go back to the same national park for like seven summers in a row for a trip because there's no way we even saw 10% of that national park. I mean, I feel like with national parks, too, it has something for like everybody to offer. You know, like anybody who wants to do the really long hikes or wants to do backpacking or just kind of wants to go on the sightseeing and then kind of hang out the rest of the day. So I think that's a definitely a cool thing about national parks you get and see about them. And Dana and Trevor probably can't contribute to this much, but um, talking about kind of the national parks we saw on the trip, um, we were trying to rank them and it's kind of based on different things and which ones we go back to. Um so to start out with Great Sand Dunes National Park in Colorado, super cool. Um, good to see once or twice. Probably wouldn't go back again. Um, I made him take formal pictures there with a tripod. So Yeah, but we did do the sandboarding. Oh yeah, sand we did sandboard and sand sled, which was really cool. Got sand everywhere. Um, but I'm not a big fan of sand, so I probably wouldn't go back. Mesa Verde in Colorado very low on the list. I really wanted to see these like ancient ruins that were there and um, they were closed at the time. So we didn't get to see much. So maybe I'd go back to see that, but it was also just, I don't know, not too exciting. Um, Then we went to the Grand Canyon. 100% I'd go back. I was thinking it would maybe just be like a hole in the ground, but um, we chose to rim hike and not rim hug. So we went into the canyon Um, and we hiked about five miles in and five miles out and it was phenomenal. And I would love to go back and try to get a permit to camp at the bottom. Um, then we went to Horseshoe Bend, not a national park, but kind of overrated. Um, we went to Lake Powell. It was great. Would maybe love to go like boating or something there, but nah. Um, and then we went to Zion. Great national park. Way too many people. Um, they do have a good shuttle system, uh, ticketed, which kind of stinks, but we made it work. We got our reservations. We had to take a private shuttle. The hikes there were so unique that we had to rank it high, but otherwise it wasn't our favorite for like, I don't know, scenic wise. It was just the hikes were so unique. We did Angels Landing one day and we did the Narrows um, and there's no hikes like that. I feel like anywhere else. So we just had to do them. And that's the only reason it's ranked high. Otherwise, there are just so many people. Um, And then after Zion, we did Angels, or what am I saying? We did Bryce Canyon, 
which I personally loved. There was no one there. We hiked into the canyon around all the hoodoos, the little structures, um, and I loved that. So we ranked that one kind of high. Then we went to uh, Capitol Reef that we just kind of drove through. Um, I didn't thoroughly enjoy that one, but we also didn't spend a lot of time there. Canyonlands was great. Um, I had a shoot there and I feel like we explored the park, but good views probably wouldn't go back actually. Um, Dead Horse Point was cool. I don't know if I'd go back. Arches, I would for sure go back though, because I feel like we didn't see any of the park. So those were our seven national parks. We didn't really rank them there, but, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's great to see the national parks. If it's not a priority to you, there's plenty of other things to do around the areas. Um, we're going to post that itinerary too. Anybody want to see that on the website? In conclusion, what was everyone's favorite part of the trip? So my favorite, a couple of mine would have been, I want to say the longest hike that we did when we got lost. Cause that was probably the most rewarding and kind of seeing how both Dana and I reacted like that was just as fun. The views were great. Uh, the weather was really nice. Um, and yeah, that was probably like really rewarding in like a time, you know, where we were tested both mentally and physically. Another time would probably, it's hard because when we were camping with Ethan and Sid, it seemed like every, you know, thing we did was super fun. I want to say at the end of the night, um, you know, after everybody got cleaned up from the pool, uh, eating supper, and we just sat and had really good conversation uh, as the sunset, you know, kind of having the fire was still lit, you know, it never went out, I feel like. Um, but having those conversations that last a lifetime was probably, you know, also a favorite. And learning how to use a charcoal grill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did not learn how to do that. So I'm going to put that on me there. I didn't I think my favorite part was physically. My favorite part was that long hike. Similar reasons. I'm going to copy you to see how we both acted in different situations and like different parts of the day. I feel like when I started that hike, I was so like because I was the one who found it. I was like, let's do this. And we kind of left this out when we were talking about it, talking about how much of a fiasco it was. We didn't know what we were looking for. Again, it was called something, something dwellings, cliff dwellings, cliff dwellings. So like that being our second hike, we were like, are we going to be in the canyon? Are we going to be on top of the canyon? Are we going to be like somewhere in the middle? Because the whole time we hiked, it was like up and down and up and down and up and down. We didn't feel like we were like staying down in the canyon or on top built into the rock. So we ended up being on the bottom. Which was kind of annoying because then we had to hike all the way back up and then all the way back down and all the way back up to get back. But I would say the best part physically was that one. That was definitely the hardest and running out of water made that even harder. But we like got back to the car after that and we put the trunk up and we both took our shoes off and just like hugged each other <laughs> and drank water and like didn't talk. We were like, that was hard. <laughs> but Physically, that was my favorite. The second favorite part, meaning like the most best view or like the time I felt the most small in nature was the delicate arch, I feel like. And we got <laughs> that was a hard hike because that was like our last hike of the whole trip. And Sydney and Ethan were definitely hiked out. 
And I mean, I was still like our bodies were tired, but I was still kind of amped up to see this. This was a very touristy hike. Everybody goes to the Delicate Arch. But we spent a lot of time at the top there, just like hanging out, watching other people take pictures. There were these crows that were like damn near tame. And we were just watching them and like kind of attack people. But I, that was fun because we got to like actually take it in. I- we went the wrong path. Dana about stepped on a snake and we both shit our pants. Like that's kind of <laughs> not to sum it up. <laughs> All right. I can say my favorite part. Um, so Ethan and I's thing is kind of driving around and looking for wildlife. And uh, we were in the desert. So there wasn't a lot of wildlife. And so I personally really loved the Grand Canyon um, because we saw elk and like right on the road, right by our campsite, we saw a coyote um, and the views were just incredible. We watched sunset over the canyon. Um, so I personally really loved the Grand Canyon and um, scouting for bighorn sheep in Zion. And we saw them right on a ridge from our campsite. We had a scope out and we were scoping them out from our campsite. So that was really cool looking for wildlife. I would say just finding wildlife on our trips and then. The views at the Grand Canyon were awesome and Angel's Landing. Um, I used to not be a heights person, but I guess I conquered my fears this trip. And I was the one who was like, let's go, let's go. You're a badass. Yeah. Angel's Landing is not as bad as they say. So I was hype. But 13 people have died doing it. <laughs> Since like <laughs> 2004 or something. I tell everybody that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it was that big of a deal. But yeah, so loved Angel's Landing too. I should have went first because that just stole mine. But I definitely like seeing those desert bighorn sheep. I won't get too much into it, but that was like one of the biggest conservation wins, like bringing back that species. So it's pretty cool to see them and they're still around with young uh, yearlings and stuff like that. We didn't see any big. Yeah, we saw babies. Yeah, we didn't see any like we did see those huge rams, which are pretty cool, like a picture perfect ram, you know, like you know, 10,000 feet up in Zion, like with spotting scope, like as the sun was going down. So that was pretty cool to see. I was like the first time I ever glassed a sheep up. So it kind of got me hyped for maybe a sheep hunt one day, but definitely down the line. But probably just going to Zion and doing the two major hikes. Like hiking the narrows. I mean, I love water and like doing anything with water. So like doing a like a not too strenuous a hike in water was definitely cool. Like going through the narrows. Um that one was kind of like crowded though, so that definitely put a damper on that. I didn't really like that part of it. Uh, and just landing was cool. Definitely was like a unique hike where like, you know, you're like holding on to a chain and everything. And like, I think it's really like overplayed or overstated, like how dangerous of a hike it is because like, you're honestly like still tired doing it. And like, you're still like, kind of like, wor- you're kind of like thinking more about where you're going to put your next step and not worrying about where you're ne- going to put your next step. I mean, like I wasn't like looking over the edge at all. But there were some times, I mean, that were kind of scary, like where if you were to look to your left or your right, it was just like a drop off. So was that your favorite part or no? You're kind of rambling that here. That was my favorite part. Okay. But actually, to go back to one of my pet peeves about Sydney, uh, whenever we get to like the end of a hike, like the destination, it's always like we sit there for like five minutes. Okay, no, it's longer than that. That's what I liked about Delicate Arch. I feel like we spent a yeah, good amount of no. time there. No, we sit there for like five minutes and then she's like, oh, you're ready to go. I was like, we didn't even look at the view. I think he doesn't like that I rush him to the top. And then we do sit there. We eat snacks. We drink water. We take pictures. 
and then we walk down. And so it's like one of those things where I rush him to the top and I. That was hilarious, though. As you would like give like one, you would give like one spin around. You're like, all right, let's go. Saw it all. I'd be like, I didn't see anything. That was hilarious because when we got to the top um, of a couple of them, Ethan was like, well, Sydney, glad we rushed up here. It didn't move, you know, so even with that little pet peeve, I thought it was hilarious, you know, sitting there. It's fine. You survived. I think that like everybody got kind of a better picture of Utah and some of these national parks that we visited. Um, Kind of see like some new travelers perspective on it, which is fun to see and fun to hang out with you guys on the trip. Especially like it was kind of nice like doing something like that where like, you know, we all got so much going on in our life that like having like an undivided attention to each other and like being able to hang around each other like that. In a new place. Kind of what we talked about earlier that making this trip cost friendly, though, that helped my answer right there be like a bunch. If we would have spent an arm and a leg through this whole trip and like booked Airbnbs everywhere we went or stayed in. I mean, some of those Moab hotels were expensive. so it like making our trip cost effective and I feel like that helped making me want to do it again too because I didn't spend a whole lot of money and I got to see good views so you gotta spend with your best friend so Ethan (laughs) (laughs) well awesome um I'll sum us up since I started us off Sydney as the guest host thanks for listening to this podcast about traveling cheap traveling Utah traveling to national parks and traveling with friends uh, we all had a blast, so I hope you did listening to this. Hunt, fish, conserve out. We're out. We'll uh, we'll add these uh, Dana Trevor's. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. Instagrams to the bottom. They probably I don't know if they know it off the top of their head. Uh, Dana does, so she's not in their head. Dana eight Lynn, the number eight D A N A number eight L Y N N. I think I had said it before because I don't remember it now. So. Go to the other podcast, listen to it. Yeah, and we'll find them on Insta, like all their posts about yeah. Utah. Don't DM them though, because those DMs are closed. Trev20 Jordan. <laughs> D-A-N Jordan. Yeah, I think that's right. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>